What is up, everyone? Welcome to Flippin' Bats. In case you've been living under a rock, Shohei Otani made his decision. Heading to the Dodgers, Juan Soto has been traded to the Yankees. We're going to talk all about that. We're going to continue on the top 50 players in Major League Baseball list with five more players, as well as some fan questions. A lot's happening in the baseball world. It's December, and there's still a lot to discuss. Let's get to it. All right, before we get into today's show, this was recorded earlier on Monday before the news of Shohei Otani's contract deferrals came out. It was breaking news late in the day Monday. So let's talk about it. It is crazy. Shohei Otani's unprecedented contract deferrals, of which we heard when he signed his $700 million deal, really is unprecedented. It is wild. 10 years, $700 million is his contract. He will be paid $2 million for the first 10 years of this deal, for every year of the deal, deferring it all from 2034 to 2043, where he will make the rest of his money. So, he is deferring 97% of his contract. Now, there's a lot that goes into this, but basically what needs to be known is the CBT, what all teams are kind of the competitive balance tax threshold, all of that. Uh, this basically takes his what would have been $70 million a year. And in accordance to all of the rules and all of that stuff, this will be a $46 million a year hit to the CBT. So much more team friendly on it, obviously. Now, there's a lot that goes into this, but basically what this screams is that Shohei was dead serious about not caring about the money and wanting to win. That is his number one priority. And what this allows is the Dodgers to have a lot more flexibility in going to get other free agents. Perhaps Yoshinobu Yamamoto is in play now and a lot of other people. Also important note, everybody that Shohei Otani was negotiating with throughout this entire process was offered this exact same deal. This was his idea. This was his way of saying, hey, I want to win. I want to do what helps this team win the most over the course of this 10 years or whatever the deal was going to be with whatever team. But everybody was offered this same thing. So $2 million a year for 10 years. That is 97% of his contract being deferred. The man wants to win. The man wants to win now. I love it. Um, also, what happens here, the rest of the 600 and 80 million or whatever it is that he's going to get afterwards from 2034 to 2043. Also, what this allows him to do is move out of California. So for everybody talking about inflation here and all of this and why would he do this? It makes no sense financially. Well, one is number one goal is winning and this will allow that. Two, he can move out of California. The second his deal is done and move wherever he wants at a place where he'll make a lot more money and they take a lot less out via taxes. So there's that as well. So I get this. Uh, I, I do understand the deal. They said it is unprecedented. There is a lot to unpack here and it's all still coming out. So next week's episode, we will break down all the details and even more so discuss uh, what's happening, why it's happening, why it's able to happen. Look, what's also important to know, any team can do this. Any player can do this at any time. So it's not really this weird rule thing. It's just teams don't want to do it. Why? Well, because 
this generation, for the next 10 years, this generation of Dodgers fans is ecstatic. This is incredible for the team. The next generation of Dodgers fans, this is going to be equally as agonizing to deal with because all the money is going to have to come out then. So it's good now. It's bad later for the Dodgers. For Shohei Otani, it'll be $2 million a year for the next 10 years. Let's not forget last year he made $40 million via endorsements. You can only imagine that's probably going to go up. So he'll be making his money elsewhere. But big updates late in the day on Monday. Recorded this a little bit earlier. Had to come on and start the show with this. It's madness. It's crazy. And it's still a 10-year deal for $700 million. There's just a lot that goes into it. But without further ado, let's get to the rest of the show. It was quite the weekend in the baseball world. We had a big signing. Uh, we did an emergency episode of Flippin' Bats. I was on a boat for a Christmas boat parade. Got off the boat to come into studio. A lot of people rallied. We got it done because the big news, my friends, Shohei Otani is going to the Dodgers. It's official. It's done. It was the most likely scenario I felt all along. But then some other teams came into play. You had the Cubs come into play. You had the Blue Jays. He was on a flight to Toronto until he wasn't. That was reported incorrectly. It was, an, it was just absolute chaos of a weekend that all led up to Shohei himself announcing on his Instagram that he was signing with the Dodgers. Ten years, $700 million. I feel like I can't say that enough. Uh, I knew he would sign for a lot. Uh, even once the injury came down and everyone was saying, okay, he's not going to get less money. How much is he going to get? I still thought it would be around half of a billion dollars, but it was way more than that. He is now the highest paid player in North American sports history, and it's not even close. The next closest is Patrick Mahomes, who's about a quarter billion dollars behind where Shohei Otani is at with his $700 million deal. So uh, you got Mike Trout on that list. You got Mookie. Aaron Judge is up there as well. But ultimately, Shohei ends up signing with the Dodgers. This is something important here in, in terms of how much he's getting paid. And I, I know the conversations out there of, well, that's a lot of money to be paying a baseball player. Well, that is a lot of money to, play, to pay a baseball player. But if anybody is worth it, it's Shohei. You're getting one of the best pitchers in baseball when healthy. That's next year. In 2025, he'll be back on the mound. But the top pitchers in the game are getting anywhere between 30 and $40 million. He's one of the better hitters in the game. They're getting paid about $40 million. Well, guess what? You combine the two of those, that's where you get $70 million a year. I know it's not going to be exactly that because of the deferrals, and he's really helping out the Dodgers with the CBT and, and all of that stuff, taking less annually. But... If there's anybody on the planet worth this much, if not more, to an organization, it is Shohei Otani. But let's take a look at the Dodgers lineup at this point, a projected lineup for what we'll see next year. It's just insanity, to be honest. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Shohei Otani, Will Smith, Max Muncy, James Altman, Hayward, Taylor, Lux, finish it up. But that's MVP after MVP after MVP in this lineup. There's five total MVPs on this team between Mookie, Freddie, Shohei, Clayton Kershaw. It's unbelievable, really. I feel like that's got to be close to <laughs> close to a record. Uh, but yes, 10 years, $700 million, Shohei is heading to the Dodgers. That was the big move over the weekend. But a few days prior to that was another massive move. Juan Soto 
traded to the New York Yankees. A lot of speculation out there in the offseason. Was Juan Soto going to get moved? Uh, would the Padres keep him and hold on to him and then lose him in free agency? Or would they pay him? Or, or what's going to happen? Well, ultimately, Juan Soto is being traded to the New York Yankees. I like this move a lot, really for, for both sides. But we'll start with what the Yankees are getting in Juan Soto. You're getting one of the best young hitters in the game of baseball. And through his age, through his age 24 season, he's been one of the better, one of the best hitters ever through an age 24 season. Up there with Ted Williams in terms of a lot of statistics. So now you get him in a lineup. Now you get Juan Soto and Aaron Judge back-to-back in a lineup and what's going to be one of the best one-two punches that that is around in baseball. It, it, it truly is remarkable. This lineup, if you're watching, you can see the lineup we have now in the board, but something along the lines of DJ LeMahieu, Juan Soto, Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, Glaber Torres, Stanton, Verdugo, Volpe, and their insert catcher down there in the nine slot. Look, if you can get a season from, I know John Carlos Stanton hasn't been great. I know there's been a lot of injuries, but if you can get a full season out of John Carlos Stanton, and I'm not talking 162, if you can get somewhere between, uh, you know, 130 and 140 games from John Carlos Stanton, where he can hit you 40 plus homers and hit above 250, if you can get anything close to the resemblance of what was John Carlos Stanton, this Yankees lineup is incredible. Soto, Judge, Rizzo, Torres, Stanton, that could be phenomenal. So the Yankees added the much-needed piece that they needed. This lineup needed a big-hitting lefty that extends the lineup and allows them to have that guy in the lineup. That He's not your typical home run or bust kind of guy. He is going to give you an at-bat. He's going to take his walks. He's going to get on base. That's exactly what the New York Yankees needed. But ultimately, this deal, to me, signifies that the New York Yankees are the New York Yankees again. And that's everything we've heard this offseason is now coming true, right? The Yankees want Juan Soto. Well, when I was growing up, the Yankees got what they wanted. If they wanted a player, they would go get him. They would pay for him or they would trade for him and, and give up what they needed to to get him. That hasn't really been the case over the past, I don't know, decade plus with this Yankees team. It always seems to be the move that is just, you know, one tier down from what they wanted or what everyone wanted. Let's go back to when they wanted to trade for Luis Castillo and ended up getting Frankie Montas. And now you, you see how that worked out. Montas gets hurt. Luis Castillo ends up being fantastic out there in Seattle. So I really like this move for them. And I don't think they're done. I know they are in on Yamamoto. Uh, we'll discuss him in just a minute, but I really don't think the Yankees are done. They wanted their pieces. They wanted to change thing around, things around. Last year was an embarrassment for the New York Yankees. There's no way around that. Last year was a nightmare for the New York Yankees, and I think the backlash from fans and media and probably even players to a degree has led the Yankees and Hal Steinbrenner to realize we might need to, to do things a little bit differently here. We are the Yankees. We got to go get things done, and it seems like they have done that. So uh, the odds really did change for the Yankees. They went from, I believe, plus 700, plus 500 in there to win the American League. So let's talk about that. Here, here's the odds here, actually. Odds to win the World Series, plus 1,400 before the Soto trade. That was sixth best odds, plus 800 
to win the World Series after the Soto trade. That's now third best. So where do they stand in the American League? Should they be American League favorites? Well, as it stands right now, I would say no. They should not be American League favorites. The Rangers should be up there coming off of winning the American League and winning the World Series. And they're, they do need to add Jordan Montgomery was a big part of that pitching and a big reason they won the World Series. They need to figure out how to replace him. But I do think they should be favorites over them. I think until the Yankees can beat the Astros in the playoffs, the Astros should be favorites over the Yankees. But that does change if they add, I'll say a pitcher, but if they add Yamamoto, I think they should be American League favorites for sure. Uh, Yamamoto changes that rotation significantly. The Yankees rotation as it sits right now, I don't think should be considered favorites to win the American League. Soto obviously helps. They absolutely could win the American League, but should they be favorites with the way their rotation is right in this instant? I would say no, but that changes again if they add Yamamoto. So let's talk about him. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, where is he going? A lot of speculation out there. This guy, for those that don't know, is coming over from the NPB where he has been the best pitcher in baseball over there for, well, him and Roki Sasaki, but Yamamoto and Sasaki have been fantastic. Yamamoto has been posted. He is coming over. He is going to make a lot of money. I would say he's probably going to make around $300 million. You're getting a guy in his prime that is one of the best, uh, an ace of a staff kind of guy. And it's just an interesting situation because he's coming over from Japan in the MPB. So not a ton of people over here fan-wise know what you're getting with him. But Everything he has is electric, a really good fastball, really good splitter, great off speed. If you watch the World Baseball Classic, he did uh, shut down everybody, everybody he faced in the World Baseball Classic. So the Yankees are meeting with him on Monday. He's met with the Giants over the weekend. Um, here's, a, here's John Heyman talking about it. The Yankees contingent is flying tomorrow. That was earlier. So as in Monday, tomorrow to L.A. to meet with coveted free agent right-handed pitcher Yoshinobu Yamamoto, he's 25 years old. Every big market team is interested. Cost could hit $300 million. It's a long list, but Mets and Dodgers are also seen as big players here. So he already met with the Giants. He's meeting with the Yankees. The Dodgers are in play. The Mets are in play. I know the Mets want Yamamoto bad. So this is going to be, really, I, I do think he's going to get $300 million because look at these teams. Look at these teams in play. You got Giants, big market, Dodgers, big market, Yankees, big market, Mets, massive, massive wallet, and Steve Cohen. So you have all these big market teams vying for an ace of a staff kind of guy in Yamamoto. So here's what I think happens. I really do think that the Yankees are going to wind up with, with Yamamoto. I do. I think I think it's going to come down to, I, I think it's Dodgers, Yankees, Mets are still in play. Uh, obviously, the Giants met with him, but I, I, I think Steve Cohen wants him bad. I ultimately think the Yankees pull off quite the offseason and go and get Juan Soto via a trade and Yamamoto via free agency and become then, in my opinion, American League favorites to win the American League and get to the World Series. But this guy is the real deal. He really is. Pair him with Garrett Cole in a rotation coming off of a Cy Young Award. You have one of the best rotations in baseball. They need it. But I will say both of these teams, in terms of the Dodgers and the Yankees, need pitching bad. We can talk about their offense. That's all we've talked about. Look at the Yankees' offense. Look at the Dodgers' offense. When you add Juan Soto, when you add Shohei Otani, look at these two. 
Well, flash up the pitching rotations, and they're not all that good. There's a lot left to the imagination there, especially, especially with the Dodgers. Shohei Otani's not going to pitch until 2025. He's not pitching next year. So if you're the Dodgers, you need help. Yamamoto would be awesome. It, think, how cool would it be to see Shohei and Yamamoto go from World Baseball Classic champions in that one year, this year, and then fast forward to the end of the year and their teammates on the Los Angeles Dodgers, something you would not have imagined at that point. But there's still a lot of free agents out there. What all of this does at this point in terms of these signings. Juan Soto getting moved. Shohei Otani finally signing. I say finally. Shohei felt the need in his Instagram post to apologize to fans for taking so long. It's a $700 million deal, the biggest free agent in history. So what if the guy takes a couple weeks to make his decision? Not the end of the world. But Shohei is now off the board, meaning all these other free agents are going to start falling into place. The teams that, the teams that wanted to possibly pursue Shohei that miss out on him are now going to be making the moves necessary. So Cody Bellinger, the big bat still out there on the market. Where is he going? Well, beginning of the offseason, I would have said Cubs. I would have said Yankees are the two options. I think the Yankees are out at this point now that they've gone to get two outfielders, Verdugo and Juan Soto. So I don't think they're going to be in on Bellinger. What about the Cubs? What about the Cubs? It's a great question. What are they doing? We've heard Shohei Otani that they were really interested in a finalist with Shohei. Well, they don't get him, but then we haven't really heard much else. You know, you lose Stroman in the rotation. What are they going to do pitching rotation-wise? What are they going to do offensively losing that bat in Bellinger? Are they going to get him? I don't know, but I do know the Cubs need to go do something, and their big signing of the offseason can't just be Craig Council. That's great. Great pickup as a manager. You, you got to put somebody out there that he can fill in the lineup card and make it a better team. Or I think fans are going to be pretty upset that they were just hopeful and really thinking that Shohei might end up on the team to now nothing happening. Is Bellinger going to end up there? What are the Mariners going to do? Could he end up in Seattle? I don't know. But I do know that his fiance posted on Instagram a photo of them in Seattle the other night uh, on her Instagram story. So... They're clearly in Toronto. He's clearly meeting with Toronto, I would say. Are the Blue Jays a good option? To that, I would say yes, absolutely. Do they have the money? Yes. By all accounts, they were in the ballpark of where the Dodgers were for Shohei Otani, meaning around $700 million. Cody Bellinger ain't going to get $700 million, but he would be a big pickup for them and a really good pickup for that lineup. I would like that landing spot a lot. In fact, I would go as far to say I do believe Cody Bellinger is going to wind up with the Toronto Blue Jays. It makes a ton of sense. He's the biggest bat out there on the market still, um, and they're gonna. it'll be significantly less cost, obviously. I think Bellinger will probably be around last year with what he did. I think we're, we're probably talking the 150 range, 150 to 200, depending on how long the deal is. We'll see. But um, she posted that they were in Toronto. so. I think it does happen. I think it gets done. It makes a lot of sense. So that's kind of all the free agent pickups and what's happened. Shohei, obviously, to the Dodgers. That's a big one. Juan Soto to the Yankees. Where is Yamamoto going to go? Where is Bellinger going to go? Those are the two biggest pieces out there that are left. Bellinger on the hitting side, Yamamoto, Yamamoto on the pitching side. Let's not forget, you still got the NL Cy Young Award winner out there and Blake Snell. Where is he going to go? 
I do think over the next week, before the new year, things are really going to start falling into place. Now that Shohei and Soto have moved, teams are going to start figuring out their alternative plans and really start going hard after them. So things will start happening quick now. But we started this uh, last week, top 50 players in the game of baseball uh, heading into 2024. So this is for the 2024 season. We did 50 through 46. We are today going to go 45 through 41. So at number 45 on this list of top 50 players for 2024, I have Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns, Brewers. New report came out that the Brewers are not planning on moving him or trading him yet. Last year went 10 and 8 with a 3.39 ERA with 200 strikeouts. That's a good year for a pitcher. I do believe Corbin Burns is better than that, uh, better than those numbers. Obviously, high strikeout guy. He's Cy Young Award a couple of years ago. I still think he is that pitcher. Uh, he is staying with Milwaukee by all accounts. That could just be a play of the, the Brewers driving up the asking price. Who knows? But ultimately, Corbin Burns, one of the best pitchers in baseball. I have him at number 45 on my list. At number 44, another pitcher, Luis Castillo. I love this guy. Luis Castillo is one of the better pitchers in the game of baseball. Talked about him a little earlier when it came down to the Yankees wanting him, and he ended up going to Seattle. He was 14-9 last year with a 3-3-4 ERA and 219 strikeouts. Castillo, ace of a staff kind of guy. I think he will be just, just that next year as well. He comes in at number 44. At number 43, just talked a lot about him. Cody Bellinger. This is an interesting one for me because not exactly the staple of consistency, Cody Bellinger. You had an MVP year. You had a rookie of the year year. You had all of that. And then you had a big decline. A couple of years, a few years in a row where it was not good. Dodgers end up parting ways, going in a different direction, did not re-sign him. Well, the Cubs did sign him for, I believe it was $17 million in a one-year deal. To me, that said, okay, we're not paying you like an MVP. We're also not paying you like the guy that you've been the last few years. What are you going to be in, in there? Well, I think they got their money's worth. He was much closer to that MVP player than the contrast. He had a really good year, 307, 26 homers, 97 RBIs, and 881 OPS. Where is he going to be in 2024? I don't know, but he's at number 43 on this list. Number 42, Paul Goldschmidt. Coming off of an MVP two years ago, a little bit of a decline for him last year, which is what I'm worried with, uh, worried about with Paul Goldschmidt. He had 268, 25 homers, 80 RBIs, and 810 OPS. That's a good year. It's not a great year. And I do think regression, uh, I, I don't know, I could see around those same numbers, maybe a little bit better next year. Those numbers wouldn't get you on a top 50 list, but it, what, it, what it was prior to that, an MVP, I do think he'll be somewhere in between this year. I don't think Paul Goldschmidt should be considered a 2024 MVP candidate after what we saw last year, but I do think he puts up better numbers, and that's why I have him at number 42 on my list of top 50 players. Now, at number 41, wrapping up today's five players, is Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo is a guy that's going to hit you probably 40 to 50 homers a year, and he's going to drive in over 100 RBIs. Batting average last year left a lot to be desired. He hit 217 with 46 homers, 118 RBIs. But with Pete, it just kind of felt like last year he never really got going. The power will always be there. 
The RBIs will always be there. And that's why he's on this top 50 list. And that's why he's at number 41. Last year, 217. I think he's going to be better than that in 2024. Big year for him. I don't know what's going to happen with the Mets. I don't know if they're going to extend him. I don't know if they're going to trade him. By all accounts, they are not planning to trade him. But he's due for a payday soon at some point. Will it be the Mets or somebody else? I don't know. But I do know that this is a big year. And athletes have a funny way of, in contract years, having some of the best years of their career. And I think Pete Alonso could put up much better numbers this year, average-wise. If he hits 46 with 118, you're happy about that no matter what. But you'd much rather that batting average be up near 250, 260 hitting that than 217. I do think Pete's better next year. So continuing on the top 50, this week we had 45 through 41. Corbin Burns, Luis Castillo, Cody Bellinger, Paul Goldschmidt, and Pete Alonzo at number 41 round out this week's next five. So before we wrap up, big, big week in the game of baseball. And as always, we ask fans to submit some questions. I'll answer them on the show. We got a lot this week. So thank you for make sure you're if, if you're not on Twitter or you're not following at Flippin' Bats Pod on Twitter, we tweet out every week um, asking for questions. And you guys asked a lot of questions this week. So I believe we have three to go through today. We'll start with this first one that says, at Ben Verlander, what is your prediction for Shohei Otani's stats as a Dodger next year? Oh, man. So, $700 million contract. Um, obviously, you get paid that much for what he does as a player, and that is a pitcher and a hitter. He will not be pitching next year, so we will just talk hitting because in 2024, that is all he will be doing. But I do think he has a massive year his first year with the Dodgers. I am going to say, so this year he hit three, he hit over 300 with an OPS over 1,000. He hit 304 with 44 homers and 95 RBIs. Now, he didn't play the last 25 games of the year. I am going to say, first year with the Dodgers, he hits 300 on the dot, with 51 homers, and oh man, the RBI opportunities. A lot more RBI opportunities with the Dodgers than with the Angels. No offense, just facts. Um, I'm going to say 51 homers, 300 on the dot, and 117 RBIs for Shohei Otani in his first year with the Dodgers. A lot of that is due to the people around him in the lineup. Obviously, he'll be coming up with the guys on base a lot more often. He will also have a lot more protection in the lineup, which is huge for him, especially at the end of the year. He ends up getting walked all the time with the Angels because, well, Trout, Trout was getting hurt, and then they had a lot of other injuries. Anthony Rendon hasn't played baseball in a long time. He wasn't in the lineup. So a lot more protection, a lot more RBI opportunities. 351-117 is my prediction for Shohei Otani. Next question. What do you think the Angels should do next since they didn't re-sign Shohei Otani? Here's what I'll say. This is not doomsday for the Angels. Does it suck? Yes, it absolutely does suck. There is no way around that. You lose one of the greatest baseball players of all time, a guy that could potentially be the greatest of all time when all is said and done. It sucks. But what you do is you don't hang your head. You look at, okay, we have Mike Trout on our team, also one of the best players in baseball history. If he can stay healthy, which I believe he can, I believe, uh, you know, I've heard him talk a lot about what he's doing to, to stay healthy and be out on the field. 
I think Trout has a really good year. I think he shows that he is still one of the best players in the game of baseball. So what you do, you take that $700 million that you put all the eggs in one basket of Shohei Otani, and you say, it's time to move on. And nothing says it's time to move on like Shohei Otani announcing he's signing with the Dodgers. And within five minutes, the Angels somehow had somebody up on a crane taking down his poster at Angel Stadium. They're moving on. Fans should be ready to move on. The team needs to be ready to move on. That is a lot of money that you can now defer elsewhere. How do you go about that? Well, let's see what's out there. Blake Snell is out there. Um, Cody Bellinger is out there. You have the DH position open. J.D. Martinez is out there. Justin Turner is out there. There are now a lot of moves. And to be honest, the Dodgers felt like they were one move away from being where they needed to be. Now, they do need to add pitching, and Shohei doesn't help that this year, I understand. But going forward, for the next 10 years, this was the move the Dodgers needed to make and could make. The Angels aren't one signing away from winning anything. And we already know what Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on a team together means. It means no playoff games. So take that $700 million, and instead of giving it to one player in Shohei Otani, Give it to five players. Give it to eight players. Give it to 10 players and make your team better that way. Go get a DH. Go get starting pitching. Go get more offense. Go get another outfielder and try again because it didn't work with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Let's stop with the frustration of Shohei. I saw a video out there of somebody burning a Shohei Otani jersey. Let's not kid ourselves. Shohei Otani is going to go back to the to Angel Stadium this year when the Dodgers play there and he's going to get a standing ovation for everything that he does for the Angels, for everything that he did for that organization, for everything that he's done for the game of baseball. So, Angels, pick yourself up. Go sign five to ten players with that money you were going to give Shohei and, and try again. Health is important for them. Mike Trout needs to be healthy. Anthony Rendon needs to be healthy. I don't know what's going on there with Rendon. Hopefully he does. Hopefully somebody can figure it out because he needs to be on the field. He's getting paid a lot of money. Uh, to currently sit there on the bench and not play baseball. He needs to be in that lineup. They need him desperately. So health is a big one. Health has been a big one. A lot of the reason they didn't get to the playoffs over the last few years is because of health, because Trout's getting hurt, because Anthony Rendon wasn't playing. You have all that, well, then you, you're missing out on you know half your payroll, and you're not going to win baseball games like that. So that's my answer. Go sign a bunch of players. Last question. We have... Uh, from Caleb, with Shohei Otani off the board, who should the Cubs proceed to chase? Belly, Stroman, Glassnow, Montgomery, who is the best fit and best addition to the Cubs uh, that they can make? Well, uh, a couple of those names, to be honest. I think Glassnow would be a great fit. Uh, I also think Bellinger. I, I don't know. I haven't heard a ton of noise about Bellinger going back to the Cubs. I know they have the money because I know that they were in hard on Shohei. So, what do the Cubbies do? I don't know. But I will continue to say their one move can't be Craig Council. It just can't be. You go give money to now the highest paid manager of all time. You got to go sign the players that he can put out there on the field and be better. So in my opinion, they need a big bat. So maybe Bellinger can fill that. They need two pitchers. You lose Stroman. You need somebody to pair with Justin Steele at the top of that rotation. I do believe Justin Steele is an ace of a staff kind of guy. I think he should have been a Cy Young finalist last year. I think he can be again next year. I think they, their rotation needs a lot of help, though. A lot of help. They need two pitchers. Go sign one of the big guys, right? Go get Glass now. 
Go get Stroman, go get Snell, go get one of those guys, and then add another piece in there because the rotation desperately needs it. And obviously, they need another bat. So the Cubs still have work to do. Shohei would have been great for that, for that city, for that team, obviously. But now you miss out on them. Start over with your free agency. Go get what you need to. Sign a couple pieces now because I will say, the Cubs, like, like I was just saying with the Angels, didn't quite feel like one piece away yet from being winners. They feel a couple pieces away. Now they have the flexibility to be, to be able to, to go do that. Couple pitchers, one big bat. That's what the Cubbies need. So that does it for this first episode of the week, my friends. A lot going on in the baseball world. Shohei signing over the weekend. All hands were on deck, ready for that. Uh, and it was quite the whirlwind getting here and pulling that show together. So if you haven't, go check out the emergency episode of Flippin' Bats that came out over the weekend. It was fun. It was high energy. There was a lot going on, but it was a really fun episode. So go check that one out. This also is not the only episode of the week. Thursday, AL Rookie of the Year, Gunnar Henderson joining Flippin' Bats again. That's going to be a really fun episode. Going to talk to him all about the Orioles' 2024 season, uh, his 2023 season. He was on earlier in the year, and he predicted he would win AL Rookie of the Year. He did. We're going to talk about that season and a lot more. So, Gunnar Henderson on Thursday. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Flippin' Bats. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Apple, Spotify. You can now watch podcasts on Spotify. You can also watch on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all social media. Make sure you check all that out. But that does it for this one, my friends. A lot happened in the baseball world. Until Thursday, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats.